Welcome to Broadway with Body Slams. My name is Justin and I am your host taking you down memory lane for professional wrestling. Uh, today's episode is from August 18th, 2003, Monday Night Raw, live from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I'm going to be covering a good bit of 2003-2004. That is honestly like my sweet spot for wrestling. Like, yes, I... I loved, you know, there's parts of the Attitude Era that I love. Many people look back at the Attitude Era. Just the Monday Night Wars in general, you know, WCW, WWF, so fondly. But, man, I loved 2003-2004 Ruthless Aggression Era. And this is this is where we're at today. Uh, I will be covering SummerSlam 2003 in the next episode. This is why I wanted to do this one. Because this is the, what they would call go-home episode before SummerSlam. This is the last Raw before SummerSlam. So we're building our way to the second ever Elimination Chamber. Now we know the Elimination Chamber, uh, the very first one, that's another pay-per-view I will cover in time, was uh, the first chamber was 2002 at Survivor Series in Madison Square Garden where Shawn Michaels won the very first one. Awesome. I mean, the Elimination Chamber, I miss the old look and design of it. Uh, I mean, the the newer one's more bigger, but this one, man, it just looked like medieval and it was a big deal. Like this was, this was something new. It was a, a different match type. Like WCW had the triple cage, which I always thought looked so good, not in just the movie Ready to Rumble, but when they actually used it on TV, it, it was exciting. It was different. I'm a big fan of gimmick matches. So we are on our way. To SummerSlam, which will be covered next week. And I'm going to take you through this episode. Uh, there's some good things here. And then there's just some, eh, you know, every show has it. But overall, I really enjoyed this show. And it wasn't until probably, I don't know, midway through it, I really started to remember the night that I watched this episode. And I'll tell you the things I remembered when I was much smaller uh, and, and how I felt then and how I feel now with this episode. So we're going to start off the show with a advertisement for the night. You know, Scott Steiner taking on Tess with the winner getting Stacy Keebler at their service. Uh, and then Kevin Nash taking on Chris Jericho in a hair versus hair match. And then Jericho is going to take us right into the highlight reel. We're going to have some chaos with the Elimination Chamber guys. Uh, this is a good way to start off the show. So let's start from the top and let's track it.
Welcome to Raw is Jericho. And this is going to be a very busy week for the king of bling bling. And it all starts right here on Raw because tonight I'm going to beat Kevin Nash. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And when I do, I'm going to cut all that frizzy, fuzzy, brutal hair right off his huge cranium. I'm going to introduce all of you to Big Daddy Bald. <laughs> And on Sunday, at SummerSlam, I'm going to regain my world title by beating Nash, Orton, Goldberg, Triple H, and HBK in the monstrosity that's the Elimination Chamber. It's been a long time since I was the World Heavyweight Champion. It's been a long time. And ever since I lost it, every single waking moment, every single waking moment I've been thinking, I've been dreaming about regaining the title. It's the most important thing in my professional career. And that's why I'm willing to endure the Elimination Chamber. That's why I'm willing to put myself through the hell. That's the Elimination Chamber. The most violent, the most brutal, the most devastating, the most bloody match I've ever been in in my 15-year career. And coming this close to winning the championship last year in the chamber, only to have it stolen from my grip. Only to have it stolen from, shut up, I'm trying to be, only to have it stolen from my grip is something I will never, ever forget. So without further ado, let me introduce to you the man who stole the title away from me, Shawn Michaels. All right, HBK. 
You won the Elimination Chamber last year. You became the heavyweight champion. But let me ask you this, HBK, is lightning gonna strike twice? Do you have what it takes to come out of the Elimination Chamber with the World Heavyweight title for the second time, huh? Well, oh, a man of many, many words, Sean. You know, I'd love to hear you talk, but I just don't have any more time for you right now. I've got a very important hair versus hair match, and I don't want to take any chances in losing these gorgeous locks. So I'm going to have to go. But, but I'm a fair man. I promised you a chance to come on the highlight reel. So tonight, as my guest co-hosts, for one night only, my close personal friends, Evolution. Uh-oh, what the hell? See, I told you. I knew something bad was going to happen. Well, Jericho's already lying because I don't think that Evolution or Jericho's those personal friends. Well, whether they're his friends or not, they're certainly coming out here. Two more of the individuals in the world's heavyweight champion, Triple H and Randy Orton, that will join Shawn Michaels in the Elimination Chamber this Sunday from the sold-out America West Arena in Phoenix. The huge pay-per-view extravaganza co-produced by Raw and SmackDown. Look at this. Man, this one looks good for Sean Michaels, quite frankly. And Jericho is uh, conveniently making his uh, exit. He's got more important business to take care of, like worrying about his hair. I think if I were Sean Michaels, I'd make my exit about right now. If he's being surrounded, there's nowhere to go. John Michaels, uh, he don't have the limber tail, I'll tell you. Michaels ain't going nowhere, I don't think. Uh, more guts than brains. Sometimes they get you in a lot of trouble. Uh-oh, don't like these odds. No. Relax, Sean. I just want to come out here and talk to you because, you see, Rick and Randy, they don't understand what this Evolution Chamber match is all about. But you and I do. See, anybody that was in that match will never forget it. It's the kind of match that no matter what happens, it takes a little piece of your career with it when it's done. And all you can hope to do is control how much of your career it takes. Right, Sean? Last year, six men walked in that evolution chamber. Six men walked in. They all bled. They all paid the price. But I lost the most, Sean. I lost the most. You see, because when it was done, I spent 48 hours sitting in a hospital bed. And more importantly, I lost the World Heavyweight Championship to you. Now see, Sean, this year is gonna be a little bit different because this year I can promise you this, Evolution is gonna make sure that I walk out of Phoenix, Arizona, the World Heavyweight Championship. 
And the other big difference, Sean, is that you are going to be the one that spends time in a hospital bed. Oh, oh yeah. Shawn Michaels not waiting. To, wait a minute. He'll be assaulted here. Shawn Michaels threw the first punch. Is he crazy? Shawn Michaels defending himself here against Evolution. Like I said, what a great way to start off the show. Jericho comes out. He's talking about Sean winning the chamber last year. Um, and then Sean comes out. Jericho cuts him off, sends out Evolution, uh, who, of course, are like the biggest heels in the company at the moment. Triple H is just, oh, man, looking back when I was when I was a kid during this, I couldn't stand him. And now looking back, I'm like, man, what a great heal this guy was he, he really was and rick flair he, he's hilarious we'll get into a little bit more of him towards the end of the night but you know you had where they jump sean michaels it's three on one because batista's not in here uh, it's just orton batista has not come come back to the company to the whole bounty with goldberg triple h puts a bounty on goldberg to anybody that can take him out that's that's down the line i'm sure we'll get there eventually but Anyway, Shawn Michaels gets jumped by Evolution there, you heard. And Kevin Nash comes out to try to help. But still, it's three on two. Finally, Goldberg makes his way out. And uh, he evens things out. But then he goes to Spear Triple H. Triple H steps out of the way. Nash takes the blunt. Or he, he takes the full spear. And Triple H just laughs walking off. What a great way to start the show. And man, I'll tell you what, Goldberg was hot here, man. The crowd was so behind him 
Like if you heard that, the crowd reaction, man, when he started running out, no music, I already knew it was Goldberg from the crowd reaction that, that he was running out. And I rewatched this back. Goldberg was just so on fire here. And, uh, you know, I, I really think SummerSlam should have been the night Goldberg left with the world title. Didn't happen. We'll cover that next episode, but let's continue on. So we get a backstage segment with Stacy Keebler and test test. I don't know. This match is just Stacy test is the heel. And he, he tells Stacy once he gets her, uh, he's gonna, he's gonna make her his slut. Yeah. It's just kind of <laughs> just out there, man. She wants to be with Steiner and we just have that backstage segment as we're getting close to their match. After that little segment, though, we have a women's title match where Molly Holly defeats Trish Stratus to retain her championship. Uh, this match ends, though, through disqualification. Gail Kim comes out and attacks Molly. That way, Molly technically wins the match, but keeps the title for disqualification. Uh, Gail Kim, I'll tell you, I, I, I've seen Gail Kim in person uh, at a TNA show. And she is, I'll tell you what, she is a talented performer and she's very beautiful. Uh, just, I never got into her WWE run and maybe they didn't use her correct. And maybe, I don't know. I just never really, I never really got into it. And I was at this point in time, a full on mark for Trish Stratus. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just never got the. I never became a fan of Gail Kim until much later. And I really can't explain it. I find it hard to explain. And Molly Holly's fantastic. Uh, she's like the anti-diva. You know, she doesn't want to look sexy. She doesn't want to be looked at, you know, as like Trish Stratus does. It's total opposite. And she's she played that role so good. All right, moving on from there, we're going to go to another track here. I'm going to cut to it. Uh, we get a backstage segment with Evolution. And they are basically celebrating the chaos that they just stirred up at the start of the show when one of the co-general managers, Stone Cold Steve Austin, approaches them. Did you know where everybody was? Oh. That's the way those guys are going to be Sunday. You and I are going to cake oh. You're just going to walk around and give free Celebrating? <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, we are. <laughs> you happy with what you just did? Yeah. I'm pretty damn happy. You do a little uh, gang up plan. There's always a strength in numbers. That's what you guys We're, always do. It works you pick damn your well. spots. It works damn well. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Uh, because hedging on what you just did, you just uh, gave me a hell of a, an idea. Because I was needing a main event for the end of the show. Well, Monday Night Raw. So since you guys think you're so tough and uh, you got that stupid smile on your face, you give me a hell of an idea. It's going to be uh, Randy Orton versus Bill Goldberg. Ah, Randy Orton versus. Oh, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, Randy Orton, Orton just versus hey. Bill Goldberg. I can I, <laughs> I hope to hell that all hell doesn't break loose out there, guys. Yeah. I hope nobody gets hurt. That's all yeah. you have to say. Is that what you That's got to say? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about all yeah. hell breaking loose. Yeah, right. Because yeah, yeah. that could be a problem. Of course. We, we right. could turn the table just like that. Can you? <laughs> Three against one. Just like yeah. that. You like to gang up on people, right? Well, since uh, I considered that also, I figured that maybe for this match, there might need to be a uh, special enforcer. Yeah. Big <laughs> deal. Who's that going to be? Who? Well, let me think about that. <laughs> He's got his thinking cap on. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wow! What? 
<laughs> you like it? I'll be the special enforcer. You like it? We come back to the arena, and Shane McMahon cuts a promo on the stage. He's got issues with Bischoff right now. He's got Bisch er, problems with Kane. Um, Bischoff is not at the arena currently, and we keep hearing throughout the night so far that Bischoff, we're waiting for his arrival, and Shane McMahon is not going to wait till SummerSlam. They have a match scheduled uh, for Sunday, and, and Shane wants to get his hands on Bischoff. But he's also upset with Kane. Kane recently, we're in the whole storyline where... Kane has been unmasked and he's unhinged and he tombstone pile drive Linda McMahon a while back and Shane's wanting his revenge on Kane. So he's got a lot going on, but here's his promo. I may not be 100%, but I'm out here tonight to make, for two reasons, really. The first is to make an announcement that there will not be a match between me and Eric Bischoff this Sunday at SummerSlam. No? And the reason for that is when that pathetic, phony, slimy, nutless little parasite gets here tonight, I'm going to drag him down to that ring and beat him beyond all recognition. Damn right. There you go. Tonight. Eric Bischoff will not make it to SummerSlam. The other reason I'm out here tonight is because of Kane, who, like Eric, has yet to show his face here. And not to spoil RBD's fun this Sunday, tonight I got a little special present for Kane. Something I want to deliver up close and personal. What could this be, JR? I have no earthly idea. Special present? Why would he want to give Kane I a present? I can't wait for Bischoff to get here, though. That's what I want to see. Uh-oh. Uh, uh Kane isn't the only one that likes to play with fire. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Is he serious? I could only believe that Shane McMahon is very serious. Here we cut to a backstage segment with Goldust and Lance Storm. And Lance Storm is complaining that he's boring, which, in fact, he actually really is. I never got never got anything about Lance Storm. And, you know, that's, that's another thing. Lance Storm loves to complain. I just don't think Lance Storm has any charisma. Uh, he might be a great in-ring talent, but uh, that's... That's not my alley. I like to, I like, I like to watch these, you know, performers based off of their storytelling and their charisma. What, what do they have? What do they bring to offer? And Lance Storm, honestly, I mean, I just don't think he has much to offer. And they, they were so trolling him through this whole storyline uh, that's been going on for a while now, calling him boring, that he was boring. But anyway, um, Goldust tells him that he needs to go into the Divas locker room and kiss one of them. And 
the segment ends with Lance Storm going into the women's locker room. And we never see anything again from this. So I don't know if something got cut out of the WWE network that that happened later and we just don't get to see it. Um, or they just, that was where they left it. I don't know. Wasn't very interested in this. Moving on. So now we have Tess taking on Scott Steiner once again for the services of Stacy Keebler. Tess defeats Steiner. And I got to tell you, Tess is the heel. And he really, re-watching this, it wasn't until probably, I don't know. They, they, they got me. He fakes a knee injury, okay? And he, made, he truly made me believe, like he was hurt. And then it was just moments later, it came back to me. I knew what was about to happen. And right as they're, you know, the, the trainers are helping him get out of the ring, he hits Steiner with a boot right to the face, covers him one, two, three, test gets Stacy. She's so upset. And uh, this was done really well. You know, test, it's a shame that test is gone. He had passed away. I think he sold the heck out of that knee though, because it just for a split second, I believed it. And then I remembered. You know, I remembered what happened, but he did a fantastic job selling that knee. Up next, La Resistance come out, and I've told you about them before. Just somebody else I never cared for. But see, there's a difference. Like I said, I never cared for Gail Kim's run in WWE, and it had nothing to do. I don't think Gail Kim was boring. I just don't think they gave her an identity. Uh, where these guys had an identity, but they just were not fun to watch. And La Resistance, I'll, I'll tell you honestly... The memory I have of La Resistance is the time that Batista stuck their flagpole between their butt cheeks. No lie, that's that's what I remember of them. But they come out and they request a moment of silence for the death of the Dudleys. Uh, then they spot a serviceman uh, in uniform in the front row and they start to harass him. Uh, well, the Dudleys come out. They, they come to the rescue. They ask the serviceman to come into the ring. They give him the American flag. USA chance. The serviceman's waving the flag. The Dudleys turn their back to him. And he takes the flagpole and whacks him right over the back with it. La Resistance comes back into the ring. And they're celebrating that this is their new member of La Resistance. Who would become Rob Conway. This is, this is Rob Conway. Um, Rewatching this. I totally forgot all about it. I thought it was well done, though, on WWE's production side. Like, because now I remember at the start of the show, you know, when all the pyro's going off and JR and King's talking, they're welcoming you to the show. You can see him in the front row like a regular fan. Like, he he played that role so well that, I mean, once I saw him, you know, getting harassed by Law Resistance, I, I immediately remembered who he was. But if you're watching this for the first time, you you didn't see this coming. You didn't see it coming. So pretty good uh, segment there, surprisingly, for Law Resistance. I love the Dudley boys. I've, I've said before, I met uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, Bully Ray, at a TNA show. And the funny thing was, I've always heard that he's a jerk. And he was a jerk that day. They had at the table full of all the TNA stars. And we, we had, um, me and my cousin went, and we had program books, and they would flip to their page and sign their name. And, and the thing was, they had to pass the book down the line. 
So like there, so here's, you know, bully Ray and he'd pass the book down and you'd follow your book and everybody was there. They'd flip to the page and find their name uh, and find, you know, or find their picture and they would sign their name. And he just would not make eye contact with anybody. I don't know. He might've just been having a bad day or what. Uh, but the sad part was he was a massive baby face at the time. Like he's not even playing a role here. So here we are meeting him before the show. He's given us an autograph, right? Then he comes out at the show and he's a baby face. Like he's with the fans. He's telling, you know, he's, he's behind, he wants the fans behind him and he's, and it's like, dude, that's not how you were before the show started. Like you was, you were a total jerk. Regardless, I've always liked Bubba Ray Dudley. Uh, the Dudleys are, man, they're one of the best tag teams of all time. All right, on to Jericho taking on Kevin Nash in a hair versus hair match. I'm going to track the ending for you. You'll get to hear how the match unfolds for the finish. And then we'll talk about it. For the last time. to the face. Yes! Chris, Chris Jericho, I think, right now can kiss his head goodbye. Wait! Jericho waving his arms, I think, at the referee in the eye. I certainly saw the hey, low hey, blow. Hey. You see that? Look at this! Wait a minute. What are those? What's on his hand? No! King, I, I think, I think, I, see it. I think Jericho just knocked Nash down with the brass knuckles. I think that's what it was. Wait a minute. When this episode aired and I watched this, I was in, I was in third grade and I remember thinking there's no way Kevin Nash loses this match, 
but also in the back of my head, I thought there's no way Jericho loses either. And, and both of them have recently, you know, and they've not recently, but I mean, Nash does now, but now they both have worn short hair or they've worn their hair to that style. But back like then you just didn't ever see that Kevin Nash's long hair. Like, come on. He was big, sexy, man. He was known for his hair. He, you know, he looked like a freaking lion. Guy was a beast. Uh, however, when I watch this now, and when Nash came out earlier in the night to help Sean, who was getting attacked by evolution, Nash has bleached his hair completely blonde. And it looks terrible. Like, I feel like this was a sign that Nash was losing. I just felt like it was. Why would you change your hairstyle up? Not even your style, your color of your hair to, I don't know, this just pointed to me like, hey, now I could see why, you know, there might have been a, as a kid, I didn't see it happening. Watching it back, this might have been a sign. It definitely could have been a sign. But Jericho cheats, he gets the win, and I'll tell you what, he didn't shave Nash bald as they promoted. He gave Nash a nice little haircut, and man, I'll tell you what, the scissors that Jericho had on this episode were the sharpest scissors I've ever seen. He was cutting through Nash's hair like it was paper. No lie. So Jericho gets the win there, and uh, on from there, I have to share this. And it is so much funnier if you watch it. We get a clip with Rosie and the Hurricane. Now, Rosie, the brother of Roman Reigns, looking back at Rosie, Rosie has passed away. Um, what a talent. What a talent Rosie was. I, I really loved Rosie and the Hurricane. They were just such a, a fun... They were fun together. They really were. I, I don't, I didn't care for Hurricane on his own. His stuff with the rock that he did um, in early 2003 was, was pretty fun. But like Hurricane on his own, I didn't even really care for Hurricane with, with Molly Holly when she was Mighty Molly. I didn't, I didn't care for that. But Rosie and Hurricane just clicked. In this segment here, we have a little girl whose cat is stuck in a tree. And Rosie shows up with the Hurricane. And he's going to rescue the cat. Well, as he, he goes and he's rescuing the cat. And Hurricane's talking to the little girl. And this cat starts attacking Rosie. He's beating this cat off the tree. And eventually he launches it in the air and throws it off. And like he's telling Hurricane, we got to go. We got to go. But it, it really is a very funny clip. I legit laughed out loud when I rewatched this. Uh, but I'm going to play the track for you. Mr. Snugglot, please come down. Come on, Mr. Snugglot. Please. Mr. Snugglot. What seems to be the problem, young lady? It's my cat, Mr. Snugglot. She's stuck up in a tree. Well, have no fear. Rosie's here. The superhero in training. The S-H-I. Well, that's really not that important right now. Well, I promise you, young lady, I'll get Mr. Snugglot. Lickety split. Yes, yes, you're saving him, Mr. Snugglot. Mr. Snugglot. Yes, yes, Mr. Snugglot. Snugglot. <sighs> See there, young lady? Just as I promised. Mr. Snugglot. Thank you, thank you. How can I ever repay you? Well... Young citizen, there's no need to repay Rosie. 
for he was doing what all superheroes do, save the day. That reminds me of a recent occurrence where the diabolical true. Zoom was after Linda Parks, yeah. the female companion of the Flash. Flash is the fastest man alive. Not as fast as the hurricane, but still Flash. Flash saved the day. Bam, 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 bam. Because that's what heroes do. Heroes like the Flash, like the hurricane, like the mighty Black Adam. Not Aquaman, because Aquaman sucks. Remember that, Aquaman sucks. But heroes like the Flash, Hurricane, Black Adam, what we do is save the day. And why do we do this? Hurricane, we need to go. One second, I'm not finished. We do it, not for the rewards. No, Hurricane, we have another mission. Young Roosevelt, give me one second. Like I said, not for the rewards. But Look, man, we gotta go! Mr. Snugglelot? Mr. Snugglelot? Mr. Snugglelot? Back into the arena, Theodore Long is coming out with Rodney Mack. And I know there for a while, Theodore Long was a referee. Then he was a manager. He was a manager for Rodney Mack, a manager for Jazz. But Theodore Long really didn't find his his place in, in wrestling, I feel, until he became the general manager of SmackDown. Like, I feel that's what he's that's what he's known for. Let's be real. And Rodney Mack somebody that you could tell they they wanted to put some time into and, and try to build but just like so many others you have to have it and Rodney Mack never felt like he had it um, could that be his fault I don't know could it be the ones who are writing his stuff I don't know it's not really for me to decide I'm only talking from a viewer standpoint that this guy was channel change in material man so thankfully this segment was not long he comes out and uh rosie and hurricane come out rosie gets to win uh very quickly so thankfully this segment was over so let's get into the next part here now remember we've been hearing that we're gonna we're gonna cut to linda mcmahon here at her home via satellite and she's gonna talk about the attack from kane also Shane McMahon is waiting on Eric Bischoff to arrive to the arena, which we still have not seen Eric Bischoff. These two segments are going to tie in. Let's hear it. Uh, we're going to talk to Linda McMahon. She's standing by momentarily. I never thought I would ever see anything like we saw in the Staples Center in Los Angeles a little over a month ago. I was home watching it, King. I know you tried to do all you could, but... Kane is a hideous monster. Well, there was absolutely nothing I could do or nothing anybody could do to stop that monster that night. Kane had one thing in his mind, and that was to hurt Linda McMahon and to hurt her bad, and he did. Well, this is it's disturbing to watch. This, Very disturbing, and this is this is a, a monster, oh, man. a 300-pounder oh. trying to injure a helpless woman, and I just cannot believe this. And Linda, Linda, thanks very much for joining us here tonight. It's my pleasure, JR. It's been uh, several weeks since uh, we have witnessed the Kane pile driving situation. And can you tell us about your, your physical condition? And there's just been so much speculation. How are you doing? Well, JR, I do have two herniated discs in my neck, but I have been going to therapy. I've been getting stabilization exercises and plenty of rest 
and the doctors are hopeful and optimistic, as am I, that I'm not going to have to have surgery. Well, we are too, Linda, and we see that soft collar there on your counter. Uh, how often do you have to wear that? Well, I'm very hopeful that even though I'm wearing it now at night and to drive and things like that, I'm really hopeful that I'm not going to have to wear it at all. Well, Linda, what about from a traumatic standpoint, just psychologically, this had to have such a horribly adverse effect on you personally. Well, JR, of course I was traumatized. I, I don't know that I'll ever be able to be in Kane's presence again. I'm not sure if I can go to an arena or be in the ring again. I just, I, I'm not sure about that. JR, I'm not sure if you can hear that doorbell ringing, but someone is ringing my doorbell incessantly. So if you'll excuse me, I'm gonna go see who it is and I'll be right back. Well, certainly we can hear the doorbell ringing and certainly we'll, we'll wait on Linda. How did you get how did you get in? Well, Linda, you look shocked to see me. Not nearly as shocked as your son Shane McMahon must be. I mean, can you imagine being him right now? He's in Grand Rapids, Michigan, looking for Eric Bischoff when Eric Bischoff is in the palatial McManus state. <laughs> and I hope you didn't mind that I let myself in. You see, it seems as though there's nobody home. And I dare say, Linda, You look exceptional this evening. Neck braces are so cumbersome, aren't they? Just get in the way. Eric, these are my personal things. I don't know what you're doing here, but I want you to leave. Leave? I'm not gonna leave and don't worry. I'm not here to hurt you. Not like Cain. On the contrary. I'm here to please you, Linda. Please me. I want you to leave, and if you're not, I'm calling security. Oh, no, 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 no. We're that up. Move right on over here, away from that phone. As you see, Linda, I'm not here to hurt you. As I said, I'm here to please you. But I am going to hurt your son, Shane. You know Shane. The spoiled little rich bastard. Got WCW. The company that I built. From the ground up, the company was nothing. I came in and built it from the ground up. My sweat. My tears. My family sacrificed. And Shane comes in and gets my company handed to him on a silver platter? Like it's some kind of damn graduation gift? I don't think so. So I am going to hurt Shane. And I'm going to start from the ground up. 
I'm going to break both his legs. And when he's on his knees, that's the left of him, begging, Mr. Bischoff, please, stop. I can't take it anymore. When I see the fear and the tears in his eyes, you know what I'm going to do then? I'm going to beat him to a bloody pulp. Oh, Linda, don't even try it. Don't even try it. You see, Linda, like Eric. I said. Larry, like my neck. Don't fight it. You'll enjoy it so much more that way. You are a rather big-breasted beauty, aren't you? Now, I really enjoy this den and this time we've had together. But what do you say? You show me the bedroom. Ladies and gentlemen, completely shocked at, a, at what we just saw. Eric Bischoff's disturbing and classless acts. And this was shot during a commercial break. This is uh, Shane McMahon's reaction to what he saw involving his own mother. So we got some things to unwrap here. Eric Bischoff shows up at the house um, just to get under Shane McMahon's skin and plants a kiss right on his mother. Shane McMahon's waiting for Bischoff at the arena and Bischoff is at his mother's home. And this, this is good. This is good. Now, Linda McMahon, I've always heard how sweet this woman is. Uh, and and here she is, you know she doesn't want to do any of this, and she gets because of her family and and Vince McMahon, her husband, you know, she gets put in these spots. And I think she did the whole thing, the whole segment with Kane Tombstone and her a while back. I thought that was really good. And uh, this though, like you could just tell, this isn't what she does. She's not an actress. She doesn't. Some of this was kind of hard to watch with her. Now, Bischoff's fantastic. You know, the way that he, he moves and talks and he, he did he did so good because Bischoff is a natural heel. He, he is. He did so good. But we get after that, they show Shane speeding out of the arena. And now his problem with Kane 
isn't going to to be anything tonight because Shane's gone now. So we're going to see Kane here in just a moment. So the very next match is Christian and RVD for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, this match gets interrupted because RVD uh, is in the storyline with Kane. If you remember when Kane first unmasked, RVD was sitting in the ring when he did it, and he took out his frustration, choke slamming RVD. This was Kane's first feud being unmasked, and it's going to come to a head at SummerSlam. So Kane comes out and interrupts the match and hits RVD with a crazy chair shot. While RVD's trying to do a suicide dive, he Kane intercepts him in midair with a chair shot and then carries RVD to the back. Now, while we're waiting to see what happens there, we get a backstage segment with Test and Stacey Keebler, Rico and Stevie Richards, and Test is wanting Stacey to dance like a stripper. Once again, out of this whole thing, I do love the whole thing where Test faked his injury just to get the win. That was great. Yeah, this is just probably something in the show. I kind of like the Landstorm Gold Dust thing. Didn't really care for it. Just kind of felt, I don't know, filler. That's what I'd say. Felt like filler. So anyways, back to RVD and Kane. After that little backstage clip, we get RVD and Kane. Well, RVD's basically kidnapped and his arms are tied up above his head. And Kane is pouring gasoline all over RVD. Now, at this point in time, we've seen Jim Ross set on fire. That was a, what a way to end the show that night. Uh, but now he's pouring gasoline all over RVD. And RVD's got like a rag in his mouth. He can't talk. Kane is trying to light matches to set RVD on fire. Looking back, I, I didn't obviously didn't notice this as a kid, but you can tell Kane is struggling to light these matches or to keep them lit. He keeps kind of stepping off camera, trying to light them, uh, and it's just not working. Finally, he gets the matches to light, and then he decides he's not going to do it because he says, this is what the people want, and I'm not going to give them what they want. End of the segment. Kane, this was one of the biggest storylines of 2003. Kane becoming unmasked and this you gotta think like this was a huge step in a direction for a character that was so well known for television and known for his creepy mask this was a big jump that they probably had to really second guess do we really want to do this do we really want to unmask Kane and and they did and I think man they turned him into a monster he would Choke slam Eric Bischoff off the off the stage, the tombstone to Linda McMahon, the the rivalry with Shane. Uh, it was it was good. It was really good. Uh, and even looking back, the way that they treated Kane, where they had him like in chains, like he was a like a prisoner uh, when they when he'd come to the arena, and just it was it was really good. Um, but yeah, Kane walks away from RVD, and now it is time for the main event. We heard Austin earlier in the night. He upset Evolution by telling him that he was going to be the special enforcer to make sure Evolution didn't cause any more chaos tonight. Well, we get the match between Goldberg and Orton, and the referee takes a bump. So now Austin has to step in and play as referee. And Flair and Triple H are on commentary. 
They don't like when Austin gets involved. Austin gets in the ring. He's just counting for Goldberg. Goldberg's got Orton in a submission. Flair takes off running to the ring and pulls Austin out of the ring. Starts attacking Goldberg. Well, Austin's ticked off at this point. And this is going to end the show. So I'm going to play the last few moments uh, as we are ending this Monday Night Raw episode. Getting ready to go to SummerSlam. We have a little bit of chaos ending the ending with this show so here we go goldberg randy orton stone cold steve austin as the special enforcer a lot of talk randy is oh. wearing him down that's right randy you know thumb right through his eye uh oh goldberg shoving out Orton, and there went Hope that referee right but white house you're you're torn growing you're gonna be you're not gonna be 100 percent oh. sunday are you and that's what, what, what Goldberg, no rip. Hey, Austin, Austin get up. But Austin's in. There's a cover. One, two. Eight. Eight. I told Austin he better stay out that and ring. That's not what Austin's supposed to be Austin doing. Austin is not supposed to be in that ring as a referee. Well, the other referee's incapacitated. What, you what know, should he do? Joe, you have to admit, he's supposed to be an enforcer. He's not oh, supposed Goldberg. to be Goldberg. Oh. You need to go explain something to him, Nate. Hey, what? what explain what, his what, role. What explain his ball. role. Goldberg's got the submission. That, that leg break line on Orton. What the hell is Flair doing? Well, I guess if if Stone Cold can do it, Nate can do it. Well, Flair, if Austin can get involved in this match and put his nose in it, then Flair can get involved. Flair just pulled Austin right out of the ring, him, and now he's assaulting Goldberg. Look at the Nate. He is really shining. They can't do this. He's a general manager. He has no right putting his hands on Ric Flair. I would, there's a different. I think Austin got provoked. And now Randy Orton. Uh oh.
Nash and Triple H, former best friends. I'll tell you that. Look at Kevin Nash. Not only has he changed his look, he's changed his attitude. Oh my God. I think this is going to be. Did you hear the excitement in Jim Ross as this show went off the air? SummerSlam is Sunday. The Elimination Chamber, we're covering it on the next episode. SummerSlam 2003. Um, this was a this was a decent show for Raw. And I really I think it was it was very entertaining. And I once again I I think that's what wrestling missing is missing nowadays. Um just something to keep you interested the whole night and, and don't get me wrong every show has its flaws there's some there's filler in every show but uh you know when it feels like most of the show is filler it's very easy to lose your interest and i know a lot of people know what i'm talking about especially if you're a wrestling fan but man these 2003 2004 wwe i, I freaking love it i love it but that's going to do it for this episode. Like I said, the next one, we're covering SummerSlam 2003. So go watch it. Go watch it ahead of time, and then you'll hear me discuss it. You'll maybe know a little bit better of what I'm talking about in these uh, certain matches. But thank you all so much for listening. This has been Broadway with Body Slams. Be sure to check out my gaming podcast if you haven't yet. It's also here where you find this. And uh, I will see you all in the next episode and i hope you enjoy going down memory lane with me as we cover professional wrestling